Amen. So a few weeks ago, I was thinking out loud, if you remember, we, we were at home and I was thinking out loud. And I just said, isn't it funny in life how I could be used by a devil or other people could be used by a devil and I wouldn't even know it. Someone could be influencing me and I didn't know. I thought it was them. I thought it was you, but actually it was Satan, right? And it works both ways. I can get it wrong. I can get it wrong. You can get it wrong. That's true. And other people, I can misread what's coming. Get behind me, Satan. And Mary's mentioned to me in Spanish a term I'd never heard before called blind bruja. And it's, it's, I love that term. I think it's fantastic. And it's something I need to be conscious of and think of. That was our first week in this series. The second week, and pretty similar today, we looked at the rules of engagement. I, I've been saved 33 years, I think it is. And if you took me back to the beginning, you know, they taught me a lot of theology. That was the type of church I was in. I was in a Baptist church, and it was great theology. No problem with that. One big missing piece, I think. Wise teaching in warfare. Wise and balanced education in warfare. And in our second week, remember, Jesus commissioned them, called them, and he sent them to drive out demons. Warfare. And I feel that what we do as churches, do you know what we do? We, we teach our members how to punch. How to fight. In the name of Jesus. Out. In the name of, we teach them all these, bind and loose. We teach them how to throw lots of punches. But often we don't teach them how to take a punch. How to receive one and stay standing. I, in my gym down the road there, sometimes there's boxers in their training. Those guys have to stand there. Ha! Whoo! And they start breathing. And the guys, are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'm going to hit you. And they, 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 it's like the breastplate of righteousness. They, the guy's getting ready. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm ready. And they start punching him in the stomach. This is professional training. It's not all about what you can throw. It's not all about in the name of Jesus. It's not all about binding. It's also about being able to take the attack of the devil and keep standing. And keep standing. You know, I, I, I was in a prayer meeting years ago. I'll never forget this. It was a great insight for me. I was in a prayer meeting with a group of leaders in a church. These guys had nothing but trouble. I mean, it was endless trouble. Round in circles. Good people, man. Sincere people. But I could see the devil breaking through multiple times. And yet every week, there they were. You know, hours of it. All night prayer. I thought, well, it's not a lack of prayer. What's happening? And I, I got frustrated one night in one of the meetings. I just closed my eyes. I said, God... Could you tell me how people can pray so much and still fail and get attacked and destroyed so much? So I closed my eyes. Praise God for visions. I just saw vision. Just immediately. You ask the right question, you'll get an answer. Immediately I saw a castle, like an old-fashioned castle. And the Christians had their bows and arrows and their cannonballs and they were firing at the enemy. Just like that prayer meeting. But you know the castles have a drawbridge? And the drawbridge was down. Huh. The drawbridge was open. 
They were all attack, attack, attack. But actually there was an avenue. There was a doorway. And any time. Sorry friends. But this is true of many Christians. Any time. The devil wants to pick you off. He can do it. Because of that. Any time. Any time. When that drawbridge is down. He can get in. That was a great insight for me that night. That's the importance of defense. That's the importance of defense. Today, amen, we attack. Of course we do. That's part of scripture. But today's focus really is on defense and defending who I am and not getting distracted by the devil. I was sharing with you, was it two weeks ago, about Dublin. I had an intense 10 years training in this area in Dublin. It was phenomenal. You know, Brazilian pastors, the Brazilian guys, 50 Brazilian pastors who were engaged in spiritual warfare went on a world tour right around the world, left Brazil, went right around the world. They prayed for the breaking of demonic in every nation. Do you know the last nation they went to before they returned to Brazil? Ireland, because of the Atlantic Ocean. And they gave their report after traveling the world. This is, these are not my reports. This is their report. They said in their estimation, one of the strongest places of witchcraft and war that ever encountered was in Southern Ireland. Isn't that amazing? I'm from the north. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I passed in, in Southern Ireland for 10 years. It's one of the most... Sorry, sorry, Dubs. I love you. But you know the story. Goodness me. There's so much going on there. I gave you a few examples. I'll give you another one. I turn up to church one day. There's a letter for me. Oh, praise God. Somebody's writing to me. <laughs> so I open it up and it's a letter from the Satanists. An official letter, you know. And they gave me their manifesto and how they were going to destroy me. Quite crazy, you know that? I couldn't believe it. So I took it to my overseer, Peter Finch, who you know. I took it up to his house. I said, look, Peter, look at this. I was a young guy, young minister, not a lot of experience. What do we do with this? I was thinking offense. In the name of Jesus. You know, I got, got, got my, my cultural habits. Peter didn't go for offense at all. He just brushed the letter aside. You know that? He just swept it off the table. Don't get distracted. Just focus on the future. Focus on what's at hand. I, I found that a fantastic lesson. I want to talk about, well, in our second week, we talked about the rules of engagement. And the Apostle Paul gives these rules very clearly in Romans chapter 12. If you've got notes, I've given you that scripture. I've given you all the scriptures for today because they're kind of important. Romans 12, 17. What are the rules of spiritual warfare? Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with what? Do you, know, do you want to know a fact? Eyes forward. Everybody listen to me please on this. Listen. You cannot overcome darkness 
with darkness. You cannot, you know, if you try to overcome darkness with darkness, what are you going to get? More darkness. You cannot overcome evil with evil. What are you going to become? Evil. Right? It's not rocket science. Very simple, but somehow these things can be hard to grasp. We must overcome evil with good and we must overcome darkness with light so a few principles for defensive living as a Christian as well as offensive principle number one you every one of you who are born again you already have a massive advantage I did some study this week in warfare international warfare of different governments opinions and armies interesting the consensus of opinion for example if France wanted to invade England, we have a three to one advantage. You know that statistically. Because we're the incumbent. We're in the nation. They're going to have to invade our land. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You already have the advantage. And I don't think we believe that. I think the devil's very good with his press. With his publicity. So be careful fight from a place of victory do you have victory absolutely you have victory the trouble i've got is we do what we believe you know you say if you believe you can dance you you'll dance if you believe you sing you sing if you believe you've got a three to one advantage what will you be doing you'll be taking ground you'll be aggressively taking ground because you actually believe it but when you see that the retarded state of the progression in many churches, many Christians' lives, I question what you believe. You've got an advantage. He that is in you is greater than he that... That's an advantage. You already have an advantage. So your morale should be very high. Morale is massive in warfare, true? The morale of the army, it's a huge, it's a huge concern. And how the devil loves to beat down your morale. And by the way, I would say to you, don't rely on people for your high morale. Hello? Don't rely on people for your morale. I am warning you. Do you know everywhere I go, you know, all over this city, do you know what you know, the signs I see? I love the NHS. I love the NHS. You know those things? They're all around my house because I'm surrounded by hospitals. Heart signs. People got in their t shirts. I say amen. Praise God. We do love the NHS and they've done a fantastic job. They're heroes. Do you know what they're fighting? Bacteria. Warfare, you know? Warfare. Not the same for Christians. See when you fight bacteria. See when you fight demons? I love my pastors who fight demons. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Don't think so. That's not what happened to Jesus, is it? A cross. Rebellion. That's what happened to Jesus. So, why am I saying that? Because I don't need people for my, my morale. I never have, never will. I love you, and I hope you support me, and I hope you stand by me. But with all due respect, I don't need you to. Do you understand? And if you ever dare... To make the great mistake of many before you 
of needing people. You'll come to a, a realization one day that people are very frail, very fragile, and they break and they change. Who do you need? <laughs> you need God. You need God. You need God, God, God. You need God. You need God. You need the witness of God. The witness of God. The word of God on the inside. That's where you get your morale from. Can I say this? It's another really important point, guys. So please, I shouldn't say eyes forward all the time. People say, why does he say that? <laughs> I say it because you get distracted, especially women. Yeah. Sorry, it's just true. They go off on all these tangents when you're talking. You say something, and I can see their heads going off shopping. Listen, really carefully. See, the devil, he's not wise. Devil's not wise. You need to be wise. Children of the light need to be, need to be very wise. The devil is many things. The devil is smart, but not wise. He's clever, but not He's a schemer, lots of schemes, but he's not. He's a deceiver, but he's not. He's cunning, but he's not. Are you? That's the question. You need the, everything in scripture, especially from Solomon, calls you to wisdom. You don't need to be a deceiver. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be clever. You don't need to be a schemer. You don't need to be cunning. They're not the tools of light. They're the tools of darkness. We need wisdom. We need the wisdom of God in our warfare. How come the devil's destroyed? How come he can't turn from his wicked ways, huh? No wisdom. Self-destruct. Push the self-destruct. No wisdom in that, is there? No wisdom in that. You be wise. Realize that you have a massive advantage. So we went out for coffee this week because I had a question I wanted to discuss <coughs> with my wife from a female perspective. And I said to her, <coughs> do you think there's any difference in the mistakes men make in warfare and women make in warfare? Do you think there's a difference? What mistakes do we make, Tim? What mistakes do you make tonight? What mistakes? What destroys them? Is there a difference? So we just sat. I did the men. And just to be balanced and fair, she did the women. So my first thought with men, I've given them to you in your notes. What's the first mistake men can make in warfare? Number one, being overconfident. Being overconfident in yourself, in your own strength. Saul is the classic biblical example of this. Do you know what Saul had? Brilliant armor. He's the king. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how proud and confident Saul felt? Walking around with his shiny, brilliant armor that was different from every other soldier. Look how special Saul is. Couldn't take down Goliath though, could he? Armor or no armor. Saul was self-confident. He was overly confident. But he didn't do anything. And then along comes David. Listen carefully. Along comes David. David never asked for Saul's armor. You know that? Didn't need people, David, you know. Saul saw David. Saul was jealous because David trusted God. And David had not. So Saul took his armor off. David, 
You need me. You need me. You need what I've got. Here, David, with me, you're going to defeat. Till, with me, with my help, you can do this. Wow. Praise God for David. What did David say? Don't need men, thanks. Don't need men. Got the armor off. Got the armor of light, David. I don't need what any man can give me. What mistakes do men make? Being overconfident. Being independent. I've never been, well, I've been independent for my first five years in ministry. I learned my lesson. I repented. They were a disastrous five years. I, I'm sincere. That's not a joke. I repented. I fully repented. And I've been in, plugged into the church leadership ever since that time. But you, you can be tempted as a man because women are interdependent. Men are totally independent. It's in our nature. My nature is independent nature. I've got to be careful because I'm in the church. But being independent is definitely a problem for men in warfare. They call it the, you know, uh, that's very Machiavellian. Machiavelli was a, a political philosopher who lived in the 1400s. And he came up with the concept that the end justifies the means. As long as it's successful, that's fine. As long as you come up with something good, that's okay. You know, bang, I shot him in the head, but never, look, look at the concept, it's fantastic. So it doesn't matter what you do. There's a lot of politicians like this around the world. Nations will vote them back in, no matter what they do, because they like the result. This is the heart of corruption. Do not be a Machiavellian leader. Hello. The end does not justify the means, okay? The end does not justify the means. Cain and Abel tell you that story right at the beginning of the book. The end does not justify the means. But if you lead in that fashion, an independent fashion, you can achieve many things very quickly. And those who walk with scriptural you know, guidance, they may be a lot slower than others. And you can be heavily criticized for that. This happens in many families that I deal with. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 Each of you should not be that type of leader but take care how you build for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is scripture, Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stones wood, hay or stubble their work will be shown for what it is. So don't be independent. Maybe you'll be slower than your friends. Maybe they're going to move faster in promotion. And they'll get the praise of everyone around them. And you're going to look really slow. Don't take the bait, guys. Don't take the bait. Be slow. Doesn't God look slow? Doesn't God look slow? I mean, this happened in Genesis. And we're still... Is, is, is this slow? In one sense, God is restricted by his own righteousness. Restricted by rules and boundaries. And so are you actually. So don't become independent. Men particularly. Don't be egotistical. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. God had blessed Nebuchadnezzar. And in, but he ended up under judgment. Because he said these words. Look what I. Look what I have done. Look what my hands have created. Don't become egotistical. Don't use domination. Very male tendency that can be. That was Judas's problem. Judas was a politician. He wanted Jesus to submit to his plan. But Jesus wouldn't do that. So what did Judas do? 
I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. That's domination. That's total domination. Don't use domination. Don't avoid your responsibilities. Men in warfare, that's what Adam did. He wasn't there. That's what David did. And indeed, men can be incredibly instinctive. Just act out of instinct. That's a very male tendency. But it can also be irrational. Uh, do you know, I think of, of Absalom. Absalom was born in the house of the king. A child of the king, a prince. Imagine this. Blessed beyond measure. Living in a palace. What more could you ask? It wasn't enough. Do you know what that is? That is downright irrational. The behavior of Absalom is insanity. The kingdom is already yours. I already gave it to you. Why would you want something more? Why would you die trying to take what I was already going to give you? That is irrational. Sin is irrational. C.S. Lewis called it the closest thing to insanity. Very good. Thank God that's the men over. Let's move on to the women. <laughs> what typical traits or mistakes can women make in warfare? Well, of course, manipulation. You see that in Salome. Emotional control. <coughs> you see that in Jezebel. And women can be highly competitive. <coughs> now, I stopped Mary's when she was talking about this point because I didn't fully get that. So I said, you explain that to me. Okay, I'm a man, I'm competitive, you know, play football, play snooker, and get no grace for me. Why do you say, but she was insistent, so I thought, there's something here. So she was saying, no, 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 please. <laughs> Obviously you don't get it. <laughs> We're competitive. And she started going through scripture. Eve! Eve was competing with God! I want to be like God! I'm going to be like Him! How dare anybody have more, be more, be higher than me! Right in the beginning of the book, Eve was competing with God Himself. Jezebel wanted to control the nation, but she pushed Ahab, her husband. My husband's going to be king, but actually I'm going to put that Herodias did the same thing. Got divorced, married Herod, pushes Herod to be king so she can control. Competition with the other women. Ooh. Women are competitive in nature. And it can take you down. Another feeling with women is feeling weak and vulnerable. I'm thinking of Hagar. A great example of this. Hagar was a single mom. Single mothers. Imagine that. A new baby. Kicked out of the house, out into the wilderness. What a, what a tragic situation. Can I give you one word for this single mom? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Very weak and vulnerable. Needs help, needs support. So therefore, anybody who comes along, really, you know, I'm kind of on my own. Dangerous place to be. So in warfare, I would say single mums, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Because that can be a point of vulnerability, and I see it in Scripture. That's my, simply my first scripture, my, my first point today in warfare. I've got the advantage. Who's got the advantage? 
you have got the advantage and if the devil has smacked down your morale then rise it up in Jesus name you've got the advantage he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world so go do it girl go do it get that thinking right inside your head guys go do it principle number two maintain those defenses <coughs> not from fear I don't maintain my defenses <coughs> because I'm terrified of the devil or something I maintain them because of wisdom I've got a couple of pages on Facebook and I don't post much on them other than sermons that's all but Stephen here Stephen produced a little video about the Bible as you were praying this morning <laughs> about scripture about a year ago I love that video do you know what I, I put that on my page you're about only three people in five years that have made it onto that page and I tell you why the spirit of it I just loved the spirit of it it was great and he was talking do you believe the Word of God because I do and it, it just it, it impacted me how do I defend myself I'm not frightened it's not fear it's just wisdom this is your first line of defense this is your first line of defense see this book Tim every one of you watching around the world if any person I don't care if it's the Pope I don't care who it is if any human being tells you that this that you don't need to do what the book says you need to do what they say then the Apostle Paul says make that person what anathema everybody say anathema if any this book is what is right and true is that correct so if anybody says that what is right and true what is truth is a lie and you don't need to obey the book you need to do what they say make them Paul goes further this he's talking about defense you see he's teaching you how to defend your fort sorry Tim but let me use you as an example Paul says this to you Timothy not Timothy in the Bible we have a real life Tim here <laughs> Paul says to Timothy even if an angel wow if an angel from heaven or even I ever said to you that right is wrong and wrong is right that what this book says you don't need make that person anathema anathema accursed away from me this is your defense this is your first line of defense I'm heading home aren't I I can tell God is a good God I can prophesy now guys we're kicking in some doors here sorry I'm gonna pause God is a good God he's here to help you not to destroy you hello we all make mistakes we all get deceived that's why the devil is called a deceiver you get deceived that the book is wrong and you know people are right that's not true the book is right 
that God be true and every man a absolutely sir but we're going to get our defenses in place and this book is our first line of defense not from fear but from strategy the second thing do you like my little display here <coughs> three for a pound just joking <coughs> take a look at this bad fruit <coughs> it's going to destroy you guys bad fruit will destroy you destroy anybody see these apples for example if I took these apples home and I put them at the right temperature see how they're all spaced it costs money that you know packaging costs money and the government don't want the packaging they're fighting with all their might for years that there would be no packaging why so much packaging because of the principle of separation these apples must be separated they're together but they're not together they're in the world but not off the world they have to be set or they will rot and we've got no food so they spend enormous amounts of money just to get an apple that's not diseased or rotten to you Christians are like this papaya <laughs> we have a natural defense against osmosis you know rubbing shoulders with the world you'll get the virus friend you'll get contaminated by the world so we almost as soon as we're born again we receive the spirit and that spirit becomes like a packaging we're, this guava is, is in the world sorry, papaya is in the world but it's protected in the world against the infections that are all around us and so you must be back to my apples so here we go this is your house this is your life represented here if I take these apples home they will remain very healthy quite good lifespan I put them at the right temperature maybe seven days and they're still fine do you know all I need to do to destroy these apples behold avocado a different fruit all I need to do is that that's all I need to do and see if I put the same apples in this in, in my house they'll all rot very quickly yeah because this is a stone fruit by the way avocados have stones within them you can't store stone fruit with other fruit because if you do if you've ever wondered why your fruit is going rotten in your fridge you're probably working to the principle you can just shove everything in together you can't because they give off different gases stoned fruit normally you can leave it outside but definitely separate from all fruit that doesn't have stones and fruit and veg this is a this is a fruit by the way fruit and vegetable must be kept separate at all times if in this is a terrible sight isn't it do you know how quickly that avocado will destroy everything around it so quick it's not meant to be there it doesn't belong there some people force themselves into your life do you know that just push the way in I'm gonna be your friend whether you like it or not yeah are you on the phone again oh, God. don't get too many good people doing that though do you 
Hmm. There is a truth. In your house, you've probably got a vegetable and fruit rack in your kitchen or a vegetable and fruit trolley. You see the way they're separate? There's a reason for the shelves. There's a reason for the separation. It's there for a purpose. And it is a very dangerous philosophy in life when people, because I get this every day, can't we all just work together? Let's all work together. No, we can't all work together. Can this avocado remain here without killing all the apples? No, sir. It's naivety. And it's wrong theology, by the way. Do you know, Nehemiah was building the wall, remember? And the people came. And they said, oh, we'll help you. We'll work with you. Volunteers, we're here today, Nehemiah. This is his reply. The God of heaven will help us. And we will succeed. We will rebuild this wall, but you have no share, part, or historic claim to this temple of Jerusalem. Wow! David wanted to build a temple, remember? But what did God say? Can't work with everyone, David. Sorry about this. You will not do that. So, uh, Solomon will. It is a dangerous and foolish principle to think that you can work with everyone or that any fruit can go in your basket. Can anybody enter your house? Okay, read 1 John. Definitely no. 1 John says, do not let everyone into your house. Be careful. Okay? You can't bring all fruit because some of it's bad. You can't bring everybody into your world because some of them will destroy you eventually, probably quicker than you think. It is a dangerous delusion and often deception to say we should or can work with everyone. You simply can't. It will destroy you. <clears throat> principle number three remember whatever you do remember the objective in warfare it's very easy the Americans I've got nothing against America I've had nothing but blessing from America being all over the states in my life and ministry but one thing I would love to say to the American government can you please get a handle of control on your soldiers in war <laughs> they have the worst reputation in the world when they get a gun they just go wild <laughs> And they shoot all their own people. Friendly fire. Constant friendly fire. They're bad on that front. Remember the objective. We fight not against flesh and blood. Remember who the devil is and who the devil isn't. Amen? Amen. Keep that target clear. But don't get personal in warfare. You can't be personal in warfare. David Wilkerson. Everybody know David Wilkerson? Yes. <coughs> Times Square Church. I've been there several times. <coughs> He died, unfortunately. David Wilkerson had a major problem with this. Listen to me, guys. Please listen on this. And I'm nearly done. Pastors need to be careful with friendships. When you're a leader, including you guys, the, the, the friendship thing changes. It's not the same. I can just bring any fruit. No, you can't. Sorry about that. Pastors need to be exceptionally careful about who becomes my friend, my fruit in my house. Very careful. There's different criteria. I get judged on this all the time. Tanaya wants six feet. I'll keep a hundred feet there. Yeah, because I don't want your infection. I'm very careful. Pastor Mike's a bit distant. 
Yeah, still standing. <laughs> still standing. Got to be careful. David Wilkerson, back to David Wilkerson. He's got a big church, maybe 3,000 people there, and that church is great. But one guy, they kind of head it off, you know? Head it off. And they became friends. And this guy's behavior was not great. But Wilkerson didn't discipline him in the same way he did everybody else. Because he's his friend. And years go by and the guy's behavior gets worse and worse and worse. And eventually, guess what? The whole church is nearly destroyed over it. And Wilkerson had to go public and make a public announcement. I loved his, I loved his rebuttal though. He said, I got deceived and I began to treat people differently. See, you can't get personal. Can't get personal. I'll tell you a personal testimony for me on this point. I never get personal. I don't care who you are. Sorry, it's just my nature. Same rule applies to you and you and you and you and me and her. So I had a person in one church, very close person to me, very close person to me, loved me very much and everybody knew it. Served me wonderfully and I loved them, they loved me and everybody knows it. But this person's behavior began to go wrong, you know, so <laughs> quit it, okay? No, quit it. Didn't quit it. Quit it. And then maybe 10 times I warned and I warned. But my good, close friend would not change their behavior. So one day I said, get out. I remember the day I walked in the church and I said, you know what? Get out. Get out. Get out. Sometimes, it's only happened to me maybe seven times in 33 years, full time. Apostle Paul talks about it. Sometimes you have to put people out. You understand that? Sometimes. Paul doesn't want to do it. I definitely don't want to do it. But sometimes you have to do it. So, they got out. I remember the first Sunday after I put that individual out, one of my members came up and put her nose in my face. You! 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing my job. Just doing my job. Not about friendship. Once I enlisted in the army, I forsake those rights. I do have a friend <laughs> who sticks closer than a brother. Five years go by and I, my phone rings and it's this individual who I put out. Hi. I said, hi. How are you? You know what they said to me? You saved my soul. I hated you. Oh, I was angry at you. But you saved my soul. And then they said, can I come back? <laughs> I said, yeah, absolutely. If you had spoken like this five years ago, you wouldn't have been out. 
of course you can come back. And then they say, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy where I am. God has put me in a great place and I'm fine. Don't get personal on me now, will you? Don't have different standards for this person and that person. There's only one book here, is that right? Get your defenses in the right place. God is no respecter of persons. If anyone loves his father, a mother, brother, or sister more than me, you're not worthy of him. Not just father, or mother, brother, and sister, but also your race, your culture, your color, your people, nationalists. None of these things can be above our God. Amen? Amen. So I want you, to, everybody's going to get an apple at the end of the service. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> Sorry, guys at home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's it for today. We're finished. But you're not finished. You're only starting. And when you go home, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, no problem. See, when you go home, do you know what I want you to do? I want you to forever remember the consequence of these things. Not everybody can rub shoulders with you. You're a child of God now. And when you put your hand up, when you walked forward, you left behind you the liberties that they have. Oh, I can do anything. I can go with everybody. I can be everybody's friend. No, you can't. Not anymore. Come out of her, my people. Come out from among them, my people. And being saved comes with a great responsibility and you can lose it, by the way. So I pray today that you restore your defenses like that prayer team screaming their heads off every week. And how many prayer meetings are like that? But their lives are still a mess because there's a drawbridge down somewhere. Your defenses are down and you can pray all you want devil can access anytime he pleases father in the name of Jesus would you help all of our people and all those around the world to pull the drawbridge up close your defenses be sealed in Jesus Christ like this papaya that is covered that is protected it's in the world but it's not off the world and I pray that you become conscious of this divine protection around you and you don't remove it even if someone says to do so you don't remove it the scripture is my guide and always will be yes we will do our offensive work but today we restore our defenses defend every home every family every father and mother every man and woman every child throughout our church in LFC and VFC all other churches around this world give your children wisdom we pray in Jesus name amen thank you tonight thank you pastor